0: Good. I'm green. Oh, yeah, there I am. Hi. Hey, everybody. You're Roger's mean. He's trying to make me cry before I even start preaching. Thank you, Roger, for that. Hi. How is everyone? Great. Y'all good? I like the energy. It feels good. All right. The real reason why they asked me to go up here is because you don't know I'm half Puerto Rican. So if anybody can fit 30 minutes of words in 15 minutes, it's me, if you know... <laughs> so roger you ain't that slick no i'm just kidding uh hey guys i'm so excited to be able to uh share with you this morning so let's get right into it let's pray let's be christians let's pray before we get into it uh lord thank you so much thank you for uh just family and community god and thank you for us all being here and i pray god i would shut up and you would talk in jesus name i pray amen all right so all right so what's about to happen in a couple days first off Who's recovered from Christmas and Christmas Eve and just eating everything, all right? Yeah, so I have not. Uh, so the holidays is awesome. Everyone loves the holidays. And if you don't, you're mean. Now, to some people, it's a little different feeling. But it's not quite over yet, right? We have this thing coming up, this really big deal, New Year's, which is really cool. But can I be honest with you? There's something about New Year's that, like, really, really annoys me, really annoys me. Um, if you have any form of social media... In a couple of days, you will be bombarded with these posts that talk about New Year's, New Year's, New Year's, New Year's, oh yeah, going to do this, resolution, oh yeah, going to do this. Let me tell you how many of those resolutions are going to be seen through from my own life. Zero, none of them. But they sound good and they look good in a great Instagram post about, oh, you know, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. No, my resolution has been gaining 50 pounds and I've done very well with it. <laughs> no, like I've done them. I'm not trying to knock you if you've done these resolutions because I've done them, but Guys, and this is going to be like heartbreaking to some of you because it was to me. When that calendar switches over to the next year, there is no magical heebie-jeebie that drops down from the sky and gives us strength to be able to do some things we want to do. It doesn't happen. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having goals or wanting to uh, aspire to something and using the new year as that, but I have just find it doesn't really work too well. So, I titled uh, my message this week. Uh, new year, new me, because that's a lot of the posts you're going to see. And no, I'm not that bad at spelling. I'm going to explain. New year, new me. You see a bunch of these posts: new year, new me, new year, new me. And again, guys, it, it doesn't. The new year, the calendar doesn't change, and I bloop, become a new human. It just doesn't work like that. So I'll explain why I spelt it. And you get that right out of the way. So there's a Yiddish phrase. new, new is the phrase, and what it pretty much means is like if someone like. Y'all you know, have a friend or maybe a coworker who tells like really long stories that are drawn out and more details than anyone would even ask for. I'm talking like Leo Tolstoy in War and Peace wouldn't ask for this many details. And you want to be like, okay, get to the point. If you were speaking Yiddish, you would be like, no, 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 no. You'd be like, go, get to the point. Let's do it. Come on, go. And that is why I've entitled this message New Year, New Me. So uh, New Year's doesn't really change, no magic, but what I want to present to you, put a little pressure on myself, is that this idea that I'm going to unfold about new year, new me, I'm going to give you three tips to genuinely see to life change. Does sound good? I'm feeling the pressure. Um, Yeah, so let's get right into it. Where do we go for the source of everything? Who really changes it? Spoiler alert, it's going to be about Jesus. I'm so excited. I mean, we got this awesome baptism trough here. Like, I was telling someone earlier, I could bomb this message. Don't even matter because we got 15 baptisms happening. That is the point of all of this. But again, I'm going to give you three tips, new year, new me, on how you can change something in your life, maybe change all of your life for the better, and that's through God. So let's jump into the Bible. Um, So, a lot of times, um, we'll throw Bible verses at you, but it's important to explain. And who here has ever heard of this guy, John the Baptist, before? John the Baptist. A lot of churches Right? this dude was nuts. John the Baptist, actually, um, his mother and Mary, the mother of Jesus, were related. Um, and John was born uh, several months before Jesus. And John was like, prophesied about in the Bible. Like, that's special. But, like, I don't know about you. You probably saw a bunch of relatives, and one might be successful, and you might feel a little inferior to that. Now, imagine if your relative was Jesus. It's like, hey. Jesus, how you been? Nothing. Just walking on water, bro. It's like, oh, hey. I, I was working on my car this summer. Like, hey, like it's not really. But John, John the Baptist, God had a plan for him also. So they're related, and they were growing up along the same time. They grew up together. Uh, but John had a very special, special calling. Uh, someone who was really clearing the way for Jesus in a way. And John, this magical, beautiful, incredible, life-changing thing, the symbol of baptism, he was the one who was going to be first baptizing people. Like, that's really beautiful. That's really important. Um, But people talk. And John, uh, later into his life in his 30s, right when Jesus was starting his ministry at 33, was starting to do baptisms. And hundreds and hundreds of people were coming to get baptized by John the Baptist. And then Jesus starts coming through. And, like, there's a big old river, and John's baptizing people in the river. And across the river, Jesus starts baptizing too. So, you know, people, we so petty. Some of his dudes start talking, like, yo, our numbers were a little light today, John. This dude, Jesus, like, you're good, John. Don't get me wrong. But this dude's doing, like, double baptisms right now. This guy has people coming. He does miracles, John. I don't see you reproducing no fish and loaves. We got to feed people, man. Get some hot dogs. Come on, John. No, nah, I didn't say that. That's not real. Don't look for that in the Bible. But people start talking. They're saying, John, you're getting people pulled away from you. What's going on? And John goes in this incredible, uh, it's in the Bible. Um, and I'm going to read you the last bit in John chapter 3, uh, verse 30. He says this incredible words about, no, it's not about me. I am the bridegroom. I'm here to prepare the way. And he finishes with this about Jesus. He must become more important while I become less important. Yo, know, I could just end it there. Other translation says, he must become greater while I become lesser. And when I read this many years ago, it crushed me in like a really powerful way. Because I got to i got a big head sometimes, literally and figuratively, right? We're humans. We have egos. And so many times in my life, I didn't want to give Jesus everything, which what he deserved. I didn't want to give him the glory. I didn't want to give him anything. And this guy, John, is literally watching his ministry not fall apart, but shrink. Because the one who he was preparing for, the one he was making a way for, was here. And this is how he replies? That's beautiful. So tip number one, uh, it's simple. Think about yourself less than God more. John got this just so profoundly. It wasn't about numbers. It wasn't about how important he felt. It's not about that. And often what we do is we're so obsessed with ourselves. We're so good at that. I'm so good at worrying about myself. I'm so good about thinking about myself. I'm so good at worrying about what I get, blah, blah, blah. But can I be real with you? That gets exhausting. Like that gets really tiring. But I find myself, whether it's through prayer or the Bible readings or through what devotions I'm doing and through just loving people with Jesus' love, my life gets expanded. My heart, my mind gets expanded. Instead of the tiring feelings I get when I, all I do is think about myself, when I think about God, everything is, gets bigger. Everything gets more beautiful. And it's simple by reading the Bible, by praying, by just thinking about God more. It's a pretty simple tip, right? Oh, man, I got one amen on that. All right, I guess it's not that simple. All right, forgive me. I thought it was pretty simple. Um, so let's get on to the next step. First, uh, we're going to read some more Bibles. So continue with John's story. Um, this is a real powerful second part of the story. And in uh, Matthew chapter 3, uh, and this is actually really incredible because Jesus comes before John as he's baptizing people. And this is ha- what happens. Jesus then appeared, arriving at the Jordan River from Galilee. He wanted John to baptize him. Notice this. He wanted John to baptize Jesus. Seems Whacked out, right? John objected. I'm the one who needs to be baptized. Not you. But Jesus insisted, do it. God's work, putting things right all these centuries, is coming together right now in this baptism. So John did it. The moment Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters, the skies opened up and he saw God's spirit. It looked like a dove. Descending and landing on him, and along with the spirit a voice, this is my son, chosen and marked by my love. delight. Of my life. Tip number three is very simple. Yo, tip two if Jesus did it, it's probably a good life choice for us to do it. Yeah, that's a biblical. I should write a book on that. Wow, so <laughs> theological. No, like, yo, I make things so complicated in life and I've never gone wrong. If Jesus did it and I did it, it usually worked out 100% of the time. It's like a Michael Scott quote. Um, like, but seriously. When can we ever, what Jesus says, his teachings, what he shows us, is there any point in our life when we can reenact that and he's going to fail us? No, absolutely not. Because Jesus is God. He came here to show us how to live a right, beautiful, full life that God intended. So if Jesus did it. Homie, you good, do it. (laughs) You're going to be fine. That is what God wants. uh, C.S. Lewis used to talk about uh, God wants us to be little Christ, like little Jesus running around. And that is the truth. The way this world becomes full, the way this world becomes what it's intended is when we stop doing and thinking about ourselves and doing what we want to do and when we act like Jesus. It's pretty simple, right? So tip two, we're getting there. It's not too bad. Um, Real quick. I got three sub points. I lied. That's terrible. I'm a preacher. I got three sub points here, and I'm just going to sell baptism to you real quick, and it's all for that point. Um, so who wants the three most theological reasons why? If you're on the fence getting baptized, why you should get baptized? Do you guys want those three points? It's going to blow your mind. I don't think you're ready for them, all right? Scholars have never written such great little words. Are you ready? I'm really setting myself up here, all right? Three reasons to get baptized. Number one, Jesus did it. <laughs> all right. Can you handle that? Number two. Jesus did it. All right, let's just Handle that. I know. This is really, I, I can't. I'm Roger, we're going to get the publishing deal done right now. And number three. One, two, three. Jesus. Yeah, Yeah. All right. Listen to me. Baptism, it seems kind of weird. I get it. But let me tell you that Christianity is filled with powerful symbols. And this is just a side thing. But if you are on the fence about getting baptized, maybe you didn't bring some clothes. We got something for you. Don't worry to go back on. Jesus did this to show us how powerful and beautiful this symbol is, because there's something about when we go under that water and come back up. There's something powerful and refreshing and brand new. There's something about saying, I love you, Jesus, to the point when I go into that water, I can't explain it to you. I can't write it down in a book, but the Holy Spirit does what it does, and when you come out of that water, you are a new creation. So I implore, I beg of you, if you're nervous, I tell my kids this all the time, when you feel that little fire in your belly, that's God. It almost feels like you need to throw up or something, but that's the Holy Spirit saying, do it, do it. So even if you didn't sign up today. And we're time on time to begin with, but I'm sure Roger will do a couple extra baptisms, no problem. We're going to give a chance for you in the end. Get baptized. Don't wait. Is that cool? All right, let's continue on. I know your brain is fried from those three points. I know, but I think we can continue. Um, And just to throw on baptism more in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, uh, 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun oh i know that feels sweet to somebody's soul because it does to mine and again just to link it with baptism is that something powerful happens with god gets a hold of you and it's not going to be quick yo don't he's a good doctor he takes his time but it's going to happen and i think often christians we get paralyzed by our own shortcomings we get paralyzed by our own fears we get paralyzed by our own struggles as if god is smaller than that stuff He's the creator of the universe. He created the stars above us. I say this all the time, but he sneezes out galaxies. And you think that one bad habit you have, God can't lift that from you? No, he absolutely can. He does it every day. He's done it in my life more times than I can count. And he got some more work to do, let me tell you. Listen to me. You are a new creation in Christ. You are something new and beautiful. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter who you thought you were because no matter what you pretended to be, you were always a child of God. Nothing erases that. Nothing undoes that. And I know somebody needs to hear that because I needed to hear that for so long. All right, we're going to finish up now. We're going to go to the final tip, but before that, speaking of great theologians, so like Roger's amazing. I love Roger. I have a thing in my notes, awesome stuff Roger says. He didn't know that until now because sometimes I'm just like, dang, this guy's kind of smart. Uh, 50 years of pastor will do that. But, I mean, if you know Jill, though, let me tell you about Jill, his amazing wife. I, uh, I got blessed to be able to be on a missions trip with Jill. And, uh, yo, she's so funny. She's so witty. Like, Jill should have her own reality show that just follows her around, just saying remarks to people because I, I would watch that every day of my life binge watch it. I do kind of. Jill, uh, I remember she was talking to my wife, Casey, a while ago, and we were talking about sometimes like ministry life. It's not that it gets hard. I'm blessed to do it. It's my dream job. But sometimes like I just got no more energy to give out. And that's fine. But indirectly, my wife also has to push out a lot of energy and has to be there for a lot of people. And she loves doing it. And if anybody knows about that 50 years, uh, Jill Blackmore does. And Jill said this phenomenal quote, and it's uh, pretty simple. Get on with it. (laughs) Now, This has stayed in my head. You you can clap that. That is like, let me explain to you. Casey was talking to her and she's just like, eventually, you know, you just get on with it. My terrible Jill Blackmore accent. Forgive me, Jill. I don't know why I tried that. It blew my mind because the simplest truth is the most powerful. We have one life, right? And it's going to be good. It's going to be bad. It's going to have ups and downs. But eventually, you just got to get on with it. And this Christianity thing, when God says you're a new creation, he doesn't say you're going to be a new creation in a week or a month or a year, or 20 years. He's going to finish the work, but you have to step into that. When God accepts us back, because he always wanted us back as his child, there's no waiting period for that. It is the moment we accept the fact that we are loved by God, we are redeemed by God, and in that moment we accept that we are his, his child, we are his sons and daughters. Then, you just get on with it. (laughs) Get on with it. Don't wait. This life is so short. And the final, final tip, number three, is... There's no reset button in this life. There's no reset button, even when the New Year's comes. I hate to break it to you, but there is a redeemer. This life is short. This life is short. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? God is sitting there. Uh, Every step you think you take away from God, guess who's right behind you? He is right there, and he's not looking down on you. He's not turned away. His arms aren't folded behind his back. His embrace is there for you because he is waiting for the moment to embrace you and take you home. That prodigal son isn't just a story. That is a reality of who God is to us as a father. And he doesn't wait for us, but he runs to us with his redeeming love. You have nothing to wait for. Don't wait for that clock to change to New Year's. If you want to know Jesus, guess what? It can happen right now. So let's get on with it. <laughs> right? Right? This life is short, guys. It's so short. It's but a breath. I'm learning that being a a new father. Nine months has gone by like, phew. And I look at my beautiful, perfect girl, and then I think about how God loves me and loves her, and it crushes me in the best way. You, we have a savior who is waiting for us in open arms to not only change us and change our habits, but to literally change our identity. And not change it in a way that's foreign and scary, but to bring it back to what it always was. A son and daughter of the most high living God. So let's not wait for a clock to change. Let's not wait for a gaudy giant ball to drop in New York City. Let us grasp onto God's love in this very moment. Because I don't need to tell you, we have reminders all the time, nothing's guaranteed. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. And let me tell you a really beautiful way to grab onto that. So I just ask you, if you've never been baptized, it ain't going to (laughs) hurt. All right, let's pray.